Hi listeners, this is Crystal with a quick note about today's episode. This was recorded almost six months ago on January 20th, 2020, which is crazy to think about. In the past, when we've recorded the podcast from the very beginning, we have gathered in my living room and batched four or five episodes at a time. Obviously, we've had to pivot a little bit, just like everyone else with COVID-19 and being in quarantine, so we've been doing weekly episodes. We have been saving this episode. It is a fabulous interview with our wonderful colleague Andrea Levitt who has been teaching in the district much longer than any of us and has had a really interesting career with lots of twists and turns. Andrea is a trained musician who began her her working life as a scientist for the Salk Institute um, and has since uh, entered education. She's taught music as a private lessons teacher. She's taught in the general classroom and has gone in and out of being able to teach music. Um, And she has had to kind of ebb and flow with the political tide and the funding challenges that we face here in Southern California. It was so interesting listening to and editing the podcast this week. And I have to admit that it made me nostalgic and even a little sad for our playful banter and our time together um, where we got to really laugh and let go with each other. Um, I hope that you enjoy it. I hope that you uh, travel back to a a different time uh, with our past selves this week. And I hope that you walk away with a message of hope from Andrea's story. She has always landed on her feet, no matter what was thrown at her as a music educator. And I firmly believe that all of us are going to land on our feet as well, even though it feels very uncertain right now. So, um... I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Next week will be our last week um, releasing a new episode. We have decided that we are going to take care of ourselves over the summer, give ourselves a break, and we highly encourage you to as well. I hope that you are well. I hope that you rest. I hope that you recharge. And there is no more brilliant bunch of people than a bunch of music educators. So I know we're all going to come out of this together. So without further ado, travel back in time with me for our interview with Andrea Levitt. Welcome to Chaotic Harmony. My name is John. This is Crystal. I'm Mark. I'm Zoe. We talk about the joys and the challenges of teaching music in the elementary school classroom. We share inspiration. We share struggles. We brainstorm solutions. We would love to have you join us. We are so thrilled to have Andrea with us today. Hi, Andrea. Hi. So we've been teaching with Andrea in the district, um, but she's she like beats all of us for longevity. Uh, So... (laughs) I'm, I'm so excited to hear your story. Andrea, can you introduce yourself to us? Okay, well, yeah. my name is Andrea Levitt, and I uh-huh. spell it with an O. Um, I have been a music teacher since 1989. Mm-hmm. I graduated in 88, and I started teaching piano in 89. And I actually had a music studio that had about 60-plus students in it, mm-hmm. and that's what I did. That was my job. And I did that until around 94 okay and one of the moms she goes oh you teach piano then you can probably play recorder because you play the flute and i wasn't teaching flute and i'm like oh, okay i'll try it and so i ended up teaching at an elementary school and that's kind of how my journey started mm. so okay they hired me for a nonprofit that they made and i taught recorder and i taught i think i had 30 kids in each and then i had keyboard and then I started flute choir. So kind of did that until they ended up hiring me um, 
to teach during the day for two days a week. And then Chilla Vista is like, oh, well, we heard about you from so-and-so, and would you be interested in teaching at Wars Lincoln one day a week? And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then another school, I think it was, was Eastlake. Oh, I was in South Bay Union. And at this time in was around the later 90s, South Mm -hmm. Bay Union was the biggest music district. So Mm -hmm. if you guys weren't aware of that, they were huge. Some Mm -hmm. donor left, I don't know, like $1.8 million to be used just on music. So Uh every elementary school there Mm -hmm. had ORF. And all the the old guard, I call it, like Margie and Uh all Mm -hmm. of those people, um, they were the music teachers of the time in those schools. Okay. And... So I got hired to work part-time at a school that's no longer there. It's now merged with another school, but it was called Harborview. And it was difficult because I had never been in a classroom before. And that was, mm-hmm. that was other than teaching after school, that was the only experience I had. I was going to quit after two weeks. And yeah. it was horrible. Um, the teachers were not friendly, and they were angry because I took the job because and I found this the politics this is where the politics starts coming is Mm. that at the time I thought it was great I just started and I'm like I'm making nine dollars an hour it's Mm -hmm. so cool and the teacher before me was making 25 so they were angry at me for taking a job for so little because it was making all of them look bad but for me I didn't care I'm like it was my first job so I didn't really care Mm -hmm. and so I stuck it out there for two years and um, from there, my time at Eastlake had grown larger, and I think I was working there almost four days a week. And they they did say at the, after that point that I would have to get a credential in order to keep being a music teacher because Chilla Vista started moving to the model of release time. And in order to be in the classroom, you had to have a credential. It didn't matter that you had Yeah, they were a special teacher. Yeah, yeah, it didn't matter. So that's kind of where that brought me there. Mm-hmm. And I never said I would ever teach. I told my mother, I will never teach. <laughs> I didn't even go to school for music education. So oh, I, wow. I went for... And yet that's what you've always done. Yeah, well, not yeah. always, no. Not in the no. classroom, but with your piano studio. Yeah, but did even when I did... That? When, yes, I did. Yeah. yeah, from my... I worked from... 89 until 99 almost 10 years in biotech okay and the only reason i quit is i got developed a latex allergy and i had to change careers oh wow so that was the only reason interesting wow i was a senior research associate for sibia salk institute and i worked for zitronics and but i always taught piano too because Mm -hmm. i believed when i went to college that you could use both sides of your brain your left and your right Mm -hmm. so science and music did that and so i double majored and I couldn't really decide what I wanted to do. But mm. I knew I wasn't going to be teaching. And yeah. Wow. So, yeah, that's what kind of led me here. And um, once once they told me I had to get my credential, then I thought, well, then why am I going to stay teaching music just three days a week when I could mm-hmm. be in the classroom full time. Oh, so that's how you made the shift. Yes. And all along, I was still able to keep the nonprofit going for mm-hmm. several years, about five years after that. And I was one of the only schools at that time who had band. Mm-hmm. And um, remind me, Mark, later to tell, to say something about band, because okay. something between Mark and I that was kind of fun that I want to talk about later. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. 
So you were an ORF teacher, mm-hmm. right, at the beginning. Um, was that when you were in South Bay that you kind of got involved in that community? Yes, yes. Okay, with it the was, old guard, as you yes, called them. Yeah, <laughs> it was fight or flight, so I had mm-hmm. to do something, and I don't remember her name. I, I know it was oh, it was Deanna Watson, mm-hmm. and she was trying to rescue me because I was sinking, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. she just says, the only rules you need to learn is one word, and it's respect and taught me classroom management based on respect. Mm. And it did it did help and it really improved. And from her, she's the one who got me more into ORF, mm-hmm. but there were two powerhouse teachers there who are now I they probably retired now, but they're they're clinicians, Patty mm-hmm. Day and I don't remember the other lady's name. But they were kindergarten teachers who were ORF trained mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. and okay. and really instrumental in when you say instrumentarium, we're talking like they had 10 basses, 10 altos, 10, I mean, 10 of everything. They had the timpanies. Okay. Okay. They had everything. And well, I, so guess yeah. who's going to go digging in the South Bay warehouse right now? <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Ready to go yeah. down there. I always wondered what happened to everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if it's back into the South Bay Union District or what they did with you want to email us, Zach. I know, right? <laughs> it's like, where is it? Except yeah. in donations. Yes. <laughs> that is so interesting. So you made the switch uh, so that you could get a full-time job and you could come in as a full-time teacher. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and, and solidly find your footing. Didn't know what I was going to do, so I took a kindergarten job. Okay. And filled the shoes of someone who at this time went into the district office as the professional for Mm. kindergarten and in kindergarten they have their own meetings like music teachers do Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so she would present and do in services so i had to fill her shoes Mm. which was not very easy to do Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i incorporated orf with kindergarten Mm -hmm. and that that was great and after school i would have almost all the kindergarten in a paid after school class to to learn more music wow i'm still in shock that you had 60 Private, private student yeah, analyzer yeah. career. Heard of that? Yeah, yeah it was crazy. Oh. And that wasn't your only job. That's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like full time job, and then uh-huh. it was like I taught from well, in Salk you could make your hours, and I, I worked in tissue culture, so I would have to get there super early anyway, and I would usually leave there about two thirty, so then I would teach from like three thirty to seven thirty every day. Oh my wow. goodness! Saturdays like half the day and yeah that was crazy that's really something yeah so i i have ended up with some of your old kindergarten materials they found their way to me yeah back when i was at um where is lincoln Uh and had nothing somebody came with two boxes one was a box of instruments and one was a box of books and i'm going through and i'm like oh love it (laughs) i know who that is Uh Uh uh-huh Yeah, so it's it's interesting just how you've sort of jumped around. So yeah. how long were you a kindergarten teacher? For two and a half years. Okay. Then it melded to K-1, and okay. then it went mm-hmm. to third grade. Okay, so you did it all for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, when did you jump on with the revitalization of music? That would have been... Great question. I was looking at that. I think it's 2016. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. Yeah. No, you joined my year. 15, I think it was. Was it 15? Was it 15? Yeah. I think it was 15, because yeah. you were before me, yeah. and I, I came on in 16. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. remember the first music meeting, there were six people there. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it was, and I think, yeah, there was just, and it was all males. That's all I remember. Hmm. Tell me what you remember about that. Um, How did that go Michael down? Gray was there at uh-huh. that meeting. I remember him. I don't remember anybody else. Oh, and Hans. Hans was there too. And then they, Michael had been ORF trained one year, but I went and did some things and they're like, 
what's she doing? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was kind of funny <laughs> running around doing stuff. Well, how did you find out about the music job and what intrigued you about it? Like, tell me that path. Oh, that was a fluke. Okay. So I was getting very discouraged with teaching mm. and I, I was actually going to quit. I was mm. done. I had had all my paperwork for Harbor Police back because that's what I was going to do before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had passed all the physical tests and I was ready to you know jump and do that again. And then um, my friend who worked with you, yes, Denise. I've heard the story. She's like, yeah, and I was looking at the district and there's all these art jobs and I'm like, oh, I'll help you look. So I'm looking and then I'm seeing music, music. I'm like, what? what is this so I kept looking and I found four different jobs that fit me Hmm. and so I was like you know Wang should I do this but Mm -hmm. I had third graders and you know relationships and it was Mm school started it was this this was in October oh so I had to make a decision who mid-year yeah so I met with all four of the principals and went to the schools and saw what they had and kind of interviewed them because it was I was in the, the driver's seat at that yeah. point. It's like yeah. I could go mm-hmm. or I could stay. Right. So Hilltop seemed the best fit for me. Mm-hmm. And the principal, who's no longer there, she's now at our district office, but her name was Lisa and she was great. And so I decided that would be the best place for me. Mm-hmm. And it was a very hard decision to make. But once I made the decision, just all of a sudden I thought, even if it's only going to be three years, mm-hmm. I'm going to do it because I'm going to quit if I don't. Mm-hmm. So I thought at least it would give me a respite and you know get back into into the teaching because mm-hmm. it does drag you down especially having your own classroom i mean if you guys have never been in it you can't even begin to imagine the stress mm-hmm. that those teachers are under mm-hmm. our stress is an eighth of what the classroom teacher has so you know mm-hmm. i really feel for them when mm-hmm. they're getting on me too because <laughs> i'm like okay i understand mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's good that you can come to it with that compassion mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i'll bet that they respect you that much more for it because they know they do and but they don't. Know. Half the yeah. time they forget, and then they think that you know she's never taught before. I'm like, I've been teaching longer than you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you said that there were four jobs that fit you, uh-huh. I'm thinking, was it music? Was it PE? Was it art? Because you can do it all. Yeah. yeah. One was actually PE, and the other three were music. Mm. Okay. Yeah, and two were band, and I don't exactly remember the school, but I think one of them was one in Benita. Hmm. and that shared two schools and then there was hilltop and then there was a string ones and me and strings we're not friends so. <laughs> yeah we're just not and I, I really i firmly believe you're either band or your strings mm-hmm. i have not met person one person who does both really well mm-hmm. so one was strings and they kept talking me into it saying oh you can learn it you can learn it i'm like no mm-hmm. <laughs> can i brag about you for a little second Please do. So I'm currently sitting next to a professional athlete. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She has won many races. Mm -hmm. If you walk into her classroom, she has like medals, you know, Mm -hmm. like so many medals. So what is what's your current sport that you are pursuing? Um, Well, I am in multi-sport. So I do the swim, bike and run. And I've just started doing treble running. What? So trail Trail. trail running. Okay. I heard treble. So, I'm I like, ooh, yeah. a musical trail run. running. Oh, yes, trail trail running. running. She plays her flute while she runs. <laughs> 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 and circular yeah. yeah. Whoa. So I'm doing running. that, and then I'm I'm now I'm an official. So I'm an official for Ironman, and I'm official for USAT. So the next three races, I'll be officiating. So I'll be one of those people wow. on the motorcycles nice. that get penalties, which I have some power. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll do that, and then I'll race three races. 
with with this organization and then I'm you know race all over the place so cool wow so that's one thing that I admire about you so much is your ability to balance work and Mm -hmm. then the things that you want to do and the Mm -hmm. things that bring you joy Mm -hmm. Um, would you mind just talking for a second like what are the things like that you do to be able to balance that um I'm really good at time management and one thing I learned the very for my master teacher that's what we called it back in the day Mm -hmm. so my master teacher told me never take anything home Mm-hmm. leave everything at work because nobody cares that you've spent five hours after school doing a lesson nobody does mm-hmm. and everything that you do they're going to think that you know you spent the time in the classroom anyway so mm. i've learned to do that i don't take work home i think i can count on my hand this many times that i ever in my whole teaching career took work home wow. and that was when i was teaching sixth grade and i had to develop math lessons until i learned how to do it quickly mm. and third grade writing scoring I had to do that too mm-hmm. so I think just time you know time management and not bringing work home with me mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. so I'll stay at school longer if I need to but I just mm-hmm. I'm not going to bring home things with to do I admire um, that mm-hmm. Ooh. and yet on day 18 of school when Lauren <laughs> needed us to have music groups on the lawn at the board meeting who was there with her band playing yeah. a full band set on day 18 of school Andrea. 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 Andrea they sounded great yeah yeah sort of <laughs> no they sounded they sound fantastic yeah. and they were we there like <laughs> she got yeah. them there so i mean not only are you good at time management and with your boundaries but you get an incredible amount of stuff done and you get it done at a very high level and i admire it so yeah. much <laughs> yeah. yeah you really set the example there um and so d- I want to hear from you because it sounds like you've been through a few iterations of your career. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that you had to learn? And has that developed over time, you know? For band? Well, just your self-care, I guess. Like, um, what what has that looked like for you when you were working, you know, for um, Salk and then teaching all of those piano people? Were you taking care of your physical body and pursuing those things as well? Or was it just all work? At that time, I was because I worked in La Jolla. So Mm -hmm. what's out in the front was the cove. So Mm -hmm. I would walk every day. I didn't run at that time, but Mm -hmm. I would would walk. Um, As soon as I became a teacher, though, Mm -hmm. things went downhill. Mm. Yeah. And I think I've shared with most of you at 39, and I don't know how old all you guys are, but at 39, I had a massive heart attack, Mm. almost died, and um, complete blockage in one of my arteries. And... Mm. It was due to, again, lack of exercise, not eating right. And a lot of teachers experience things like that because they're sitting for so long. Mm-hmm. And so when that happened, that really changed my attitude that like, I, you know, I can't just stay in the classroom and I have to get out. So I started walking during lunchtime and that led to working in the gym. And so I started doing the gym. I think my Facebook feed's showing 2000, <laughs> like 12. It's like, here's your memory in 2012. I'm like, oh, I was going to the gym then. So yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I started going to the gym and that was my release. So I'd go to work, I would go to the gym, and then I would come home and teach. And then I started making my private kids less and less and less and less. Okay. And realized that my health was worth more than making you know whatever I made 
per lesson. Mm. Mm -hmm. And it's hard when you're starting out because the money's important. You know, we all know that. It's like we need that to survive and to do all those extra fun things or you have kids and Mm -hmm. or you just want to buy another bike or (laughs) (laughs) something like that. So really the exercise is is super, super important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No matter if it's just steps that you're counting or, Mm -hmm. you know, doing something more physical. Mm -hmm. Well, I've really appreciated you like extending that um, just, I mean, we were talking a little bit about philosophy or like, you were like, I don't have philosophy, mm-hmm. but like you taking care of yourself and you inviting me to go on runs with you. Like I've learned so much, um, on our runs, uh, you know, mostly like, oh, like I can go out and I can have fun. I can just jump in the water and play around. Mm-hmm. And that's been so awesome. And you also said something when we were running, um, uh, Coronado last time and you're, you were saying, it was the beginning of the school year. You're like, I just spent the day getting all my concerts on the calendar. And I personally did not do that this year. And now I am feeling it. I'm like, oh, I wish I had done what Andrea yeah. told me to do. <laughs> but, you know, I have to learn my own lessons. But thank you. Yeah. I mm-hmm. also want to add on to that. Um, something I have noticed is that you have a bar of excellence that you always strive for. I remember you ta- taught me once that just even to this point of what you dress really matters, mm-hmm. how you like, how the kids interact with that, mm-hmm. um, how they see you is something that they should strive for. But also in the same sense, while you still have that excellence, you still extend the hand, just like you did with Zoe, you extended it to me. Mm-hmm. I was flailing the water. I was, I'm not a good swimmer by any means. <laughs> you uh, did not miss out Zoe when we did that swim, but um, I did, yeah, I appreciate that. I think that also is telling of what is inside the classroom as well that you're looking for a bar of excellence, but still extend the hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah, I do I do have a high level that I expect, especially in kids with band, mm-hmm. and you know, a certain amount of practice. And But also at the same time, if they need help, I'm there. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I don't take traditional breaks. So a lot of teachers will take their breaks at the recess and, and the lunch and that, and I don't do that, because to me, that's when the kids can come. Mm-hmm. And since our job's pretty flexible, on the days I'm not teaching general music where then the breaks are built in, Mondays and Tuesdays are super, super flexible. And I'll take breaks when there's no one around. Mm-hmm. So I make sure that I'm available for you know every recess, which is a little more dicey at my school because we do every recess separate. It's not like K3, 4, 6. Oh, really? Yes, every recess is separate and lunch is separate. It makes it... Super yeah, your sectional schedule makes my head hurt. Whenever I hear your class, when I say it's like fifteen minutes, yeah. flutes, yeah. and yeah, yeah, and they get it, they get it done, and they know when if they only have twenty minutes, mm-hmm. they need to come with that instrument ready, set up in one minute, and boom, mm-hmm. yeah. we just go. So, mm-hmm. and I keep a like a grid, and the grid has everyone's name in it, and I put a dot for as long as they spend at least ten minutes in my room. So if they come in during their recess or after school or before school, as long as it's at least 10 minutes, I'll give them a dot. Mm. And then we have a prizes per sectional. And this year I analyzed it and showed them, you know, this is the average and this section won the average. And this is the bar that y'all need to be for this, this year. Mm. So they know for next quarter, Mm. they have to be there an average of 25 times. When does your band meet? Um, We meet Mondays for advanced and Tuesdays for beginning and Fridays for advanced again. During the day or after school? I actually start them at 8 o'clock. Okay. And it's a, it's a soft start, but we actually start at 8.30 when school starts. Oh, okay. And it goes till 9.20. 
but a lot oh, of the teachers nice. don't let them out on time. And so to gain that time, I started at 8 o'clock. And this way, I'm guaranteed to have them at least half an hour sure, interrupted. Sure. And then mm-hmm. if I get them a little later, at least I've had an hour. Mm-hmm. So okay. it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we do, strat- we do sectionals on Wednesday and Thursday. And those work out really well. Flute choir on Mondays and Wednesdays after school. So are you not tied to release time or uh, collaboration? Just on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for kindergarten. Okay, because your schedule is a lot different. It is. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's very different than probably all of yours. Yeah. Okay, interesting. But it works at your school. It does. I had a a chance to work with Doug, Mm -hmm. um, who is also... I would love to do a crossover episode with um, Heather Cruz, the district... Because they have yeah. a podcast, and Doug mm-hmm. does a podcast oh, with yeah. with Heather. And Doug and I worked together, and we did we did musical things and PE things so, together. Yes, that's and we awesome. were we were planning on doing those. So yeah, like, they're great. Yeah, that's so fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Do you have a story that sticks out from uh, your your teaching that you want to share? Hmm. I no. love it when you post you playing flute with the kids. <laughs> No, say it again. So, I I said I love it when I when you post videos of you playing oh. with your kids. You're just very you're a hands-on teacher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't really. I can't think of anything that sticks out. If it does, I'll. Okay, we can come back so to that. Then if you think of earlier, John uh, had mentioned the way that you dress, <coughs> and you mm. always have. But just... what am I wearing today? <laughs> you still look good. You, still look, good. you look so good. You still look better than all of us. <laughs> I do yeah. still have a flower yeah. in your hair. Yeah. I, I literally um, own one pair of jeans. And I have two pairs of leggings now, but I I generally do not wear I do not wear pants to She's school. a dress sure. girl. Yeah, I so do would it. you mind just kind of expl- it's like, explaining? It's not religious. To me, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and our listeners, just like why why did you adopt that way to dress and how you present yourself and just kind of your method behind that? I think it, it has to do when I was a first a student teacher and I was at uh, yeah I was at Eastlake and I saw a teacher outside for recess duty. And what she wore just appalled me. She was wearing leggings that showed everything mm-hmm. that with some little short skimpy thing and her boobs falling out. And it was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. It was just embarrassing for me to see, oh, my gosh, you, you know, this is what you are showing to everyone. This is what a teacher should wear or teachers wearing just dumpy, dumpy shorts and oversized. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they didn't care. And to me, I never wanted to portray that. And I don't want kids thinking oh when I get to be a teacher I can be a slob and I'm not saying that all teachers are like that but Mm -hmm. that's what I experienced when I was at my first school that year and there was a lot of young teachers there and just thought you know messy bun and this you know I'm gonna wear my pajama pants was cool and I just never thought that was and so I really wanted to not portray that and so okay there is a story because of the way I dress I had a, a student one time, we were saying what we what they wanted to be when they grew up, and she put a teacher, and then she drew, I had this really silky blouse that I still have, and she's like, if you're a teacher, you get to wear, and then she drew my beautiful blue silky blouse and the flower, and <laughs> so she drew me, and I thought that was really sweet. That yeah. is really yeah. sweet. <laughs> she's always in a cute dress with a flower in her hair. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And the flower thing wasn't always there. It was always, I used to wear a bow, like a headband with a bow. Mm. I don't know. And then I kind of grew out of that, but I had really super long hair mm-hmm. and then I cut it and it's, it's actually natural curly and I straighten it like today I straightened it. So it looked good that way. But now that I, I have it differently, mm-hmm. I like to put 
the Bretson, and then it used to always be Bretson. My niece, Amanda, who she owns a clothing company, she would always put a little flower in her hair, and then oh. I thought, I mm. like that. And <laughs> she's my mini-me, so <laughs> I started doing the flower. Sure. That's and awesome. That was kind of in tribute to my niece, who's really super successful. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And she was going to be a teacher. She got her credential. She was an awesome teacher. Mm-hmm. She was in youth symphony. She was great. And after two years, she's like, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know we were talking about this, about longevity and trying to keep teachers in and mm-hmm. how, you know, some, some stay in, some don't. Mm. For her, it was the right thing. She, she made six figures the first year out of being a teacher. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> you know, Good and sometimes her. that's attractive. Yeah. I teach you how to comedy stuff. I wonder. Oh, God, IT jobs. <laughs> I've, I've certainly asked those questions, yeah. you know. Um, it's, uh, it's. But to to me, it's it comes down to uh, where can I make the biggest dent in the world? And right now, the answer is in my music room. So mm-hmm. uh, that's I would yeah. Agree. But but that's a yeah. That that's another topic for another day. <laughs> um, I did want to hear a little bit more from you about watching music programs shutter. Because there have been a couple of starts and stops all over San Diego County during your teaching tenure. Mm-hmm. And you have some crazy stories that you've shared with us about instruments and mm-hmm. watching programs oh, yeah. close. So can you talk about that? Yeah. And Mark has to remind yeah. you about bands. Like, yeah. Don't, don't even forget because yeah. that has to do with the story too. Great. So well, like I already told you about South Bay Union, how they had this great music program. And then mm-hmm. things changed around, I think it was about 99. So going into the mm. year 2000. And they shifted their focus. Mm-hmm. It started more of the Common Core, but it was before Common Core. It was standards based. Mm-hmm. It's all the same. It just calls it different names. Right. But um, they started shifting towards that and getting more out to take away the music and those electives and things. So mm-hmm. South Bay, I'm not really sure how they shut down and what they did with their instruments. But since I wanted to continue doing band and where I was on the east side, and who's on the east side? Are we all on the west side? Kind of east, east. Kind of middle. So they were all expected to buy their own instruments or rent their own instruments, and so they did that. And then I started getting some. In Eastlake, they started having Section 8 housing, so even though it missed the really nice homes, they still had Section 8. So those kids came and didn't have the same opportunity. So I'm Mm -hmm. scrounging trying to find instruments, and my husband works at the district, and he goes, oh my God, they are throwing away instruments and they are have a crate going to tj and they're you know giving it and they're going to put them in surplus for a hundred dollars for this whole box so i went digging around Mm -hmm. in my dress (laughs) (laughs) i was basically in their scaffolds if you've been in the warehouse you'll see Mm -hmm. they're just huge scaffolds full of things and i think Mm -hmm. i was on the second scaffold and i'm just going through instruments oh my gosh and i think i had pilfered about 40 string instruments i couldn't store string bases and the big huge standing bases (sighs) those went bye-bye to tj god it just kills me yeah Hmm. and i got as many band instruments as I could do, but mm-hmm. I took only the ones that I knew I could teach. So like mm. all the the big type horns and mm-hmm. um, a lot of the percussion at that time, there's timpanis. I wasn't comfortable oh, wow. with all that and I just let that go. Oh. So sounds. Yeah. So we had we had purchased that for a hundred dollars. Oh my goodness. That's crazy. That is insane. Stored it up in our rafters. And here we are just like 
scrounging, like scrounging <laughs> yeah. for instruments and materials, oh. and they were just thrown away. So I kept oh, the strings so as long as I could. Yeah. And I finally ended up giving them to the Bennells, who are a phenomenal family mm. of string players. And they placed them in the hands of children that needed them. Good. And then Sandra has some. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Those are the favorites yeah. at her school. And I yeah. have some more in my rafters, so I should probably be getting some more. Wow. Even Lauren had just came across some that she literally was getting out of a dumpster from, mm-hmm. I want to say it's Poway. So, yeah, people Gosh. don't know the value of instruments. No. Mm. So it's crazy. Yeah, I just got myself a cello off Downer's Shoes. It was over $1,000. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and here they were shipping them off to TJ. Yeah. 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 Crazy. What was the story with Mark? Banned. So, banned. Yes, banned. Okay, so <laughs> when you guys asked, have I always been doing this? Well, banned, I told mm-hmm. you, developed. Well, I don't know if I told you it was developed from recorder. So mm-hmm. they're like, well, you play recorder in our band teacher he's leaving and that teacher taught in Poway because Poway was a big place right and he would come to East Lake and teach Monday and Wednesday in the morning like it's seven to eight in the morning mm. and then go and do his teaching job and he, he couldn't do it anymore so I'm like sure I can do it and all I ever played was flute so I taught myself how to play the sax I taught myself how to play the clarinet mm-hmm. I didn't really know how to play the trumpet or the trombone I bet you Mark can tell what happened when he got my students that one year for camp oh (laughs) (laughs) they played really proficient but they were just they held it the wrong like they held it the wrong way um i don't remember what they did but their the hands were totally opposite yes so the left hand was using the valves and the right hand was on the bottom oh wow and i saw these kids and i'm like what (laughs) and so i was like no you switch i'm like no but my teacher says this and i'm like well i'm i'm teaching right now i say (laughs) this right um but they were they were proficient they had an isometer they had a good sound it was just the hands were on the wrong (laughs) the wrong side yeah so he had to teach me and then i'm like okay let me take some pictures because i won't remember yeah well and then i remember one of them ran up to you at our the little performance we had at the end of the week like, Miss Levitt look this is how we hold uh, our instrument like, yeah let me take a picture of that yeah, yeah. yeah I remember that yeah. yes that's funny so that's, oh, that's man. a great story yeah, yeah. but yeah. gosh they were proficient like they they caught on they knew all like everything was great it just left hand was no like, you don't how do you do that yep. oh, yeah. Wow. yeah yeah that's funny oh yes. those humbling moments uh-huh. I'm still waiting for somebody to come back from middle school and be like Miss Pridmore I learned how to hold my violin correctly <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know, isn't it funny that you get yourself a teaching credential with music and all of a sudden you can magically teach orchestra, band, and choir, K to 12, and boom, you're an expert in all of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, again, that's another topic for another day. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. You know, Andrea um, was uh, was one of the ones to introduce all of us to Orr. That's true. um, And to the way that we structure. Yes, and I still remember that first um, kind of like Orff demo lesson (laughs) that you did with Michael Mm -hmm. um, at one of our... I still refer to those notes all the time. (laughs) Awesome notes, as you always do. You always do awesome notes. But (laughs) it was the first time you brought your parachute, and we were just... Like we had so much galloping fun. around, it was yeah. so fun. Yep. So yeah, I you were the one that was like, you need to come to the workshops. Like mm-hmm. you're yeah. gonna learn so much from the workshops. And I was so hesitant. I was like, oh, I don't know. But it's a yeah. Saturday. Yeah. We're tired. Yeah. That was another thing because like, I mentioned this on the podcast before, but like my my connection towards Orf was when I was doing elementary music methods in college, 
And, you know, it's all conflated when you mix in, like, Orf and also Mason Lowell with, like, all the way back in 1800. It's like, and so, like, I had a perception that Orf is old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's meant for, a, like, a very old demographic. And then mm-hmm. you came in with Michael and showing us the stuff. It's like, okay, this is doable. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I would have um, joined STOSA if it wasn't for you and Michael, but appreciate that. <laughs> well, I just yeah. remember resisting, too. So I, I was at the same point when they're like, you got to go to these classes. And I went and I'm like, how's this going to teach them notation? Yeah. 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 And, and sometimes I, I don't agree with everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't think all of us do. I mean, there's things that you're going to pull from different places. Right. And, Absolutely. And there's still some ways that I do differently. But I just remember going, oh, I'll never do that. And then I'm like. Oh. Now I can understand a little more. <laughs> and yeah. the more ORF levels that you take, and I, I was very fortunate to take with Randy and Jeff, who mm-hmm. are now, they're they're retired, but they're clinicians and presenters and have done the game plan mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and just thousands of things. So having their perspective and the, the way they played and the way they structured, and they were, Randy especially was like real musician, musician, like, Mm-hmm. You know, trained. He could play the piano like nobody's business. So we really related well together. And taking the levels with him, I understood a lot more. Mm-hmm. So you know, when I took it again with you guys, it was like, oh, and it's just like solidifies. And right. now I just need more stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. Great. Well, thanks so much. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Are we ready? Let's play. I, so. Yeah. Oh, before, but, first. Before. but first, we do a hard yes. left turn. We're going left again. Um, Perfect. All our viewers, thank you so much for listening and watching. It's helped us. And it's also, it's been really cool to hear from people across the country just reach out and saying, oh, yeah, the podcast people. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really weird. Uh-huh. It's awesome. And we've gotten your comments, your messages. We appreciate it. And like, if you have any questions, please send it our way. But what will really help our community grow a lot is if you send us a review, go on iTunes, send us, you know, any star you want, as long as it's honest, five is preferred, obviously. Like that's actually the probably right obviously, choice. Obviously, yeah. But just do that. you know what? I appreciate, we appreciate the honesty and it, not only that, but it helps our visibility to make sure that this community is still alive. Mm-hmm. So please make sure you send us a re- review. And if you have any questions or something to share, you can always email us at chaoticharmonyclassroom at gmail.com. All right, we're back with Spiccato after the break. I want to take a quick break and thank my husband, Brian, who's been working behind the scenes producing these episodes every week on all of the platforms and on time. But you need to know that he is first a financial planner for Mission Trails Financial. Mission Trails Financial is a partner that seeks to guide clients in the journey to financial success. They believe that people need a financial advisor that aims to provide strategies for success. Mission Trails Financial helps people navigate investments, tax planning, and insurance. Imagine working with an advisor who isn't tied to specific brands. Mission Trails Financial has a fiduciary responsibility to act in the best interests of their clients by providing independent, objective advice. Their mission is to help clients accomplish their financial goals. As Joe Vitale once said, a goal should scare you a little and excite you a lot. Do yourself a favor and set up a time to chat with Mission Trails Financial. Visit www.missiontrailsfinancial.com or call 619-419-0238 to schedule a call. You'll be glad you did. We believe that leaning on professionals is how we get ahead. Check out the program notes for more information. Andrea has a spiccato. What is this? Well, first, I'll pass it around so okay. you can figure out what it is. Is this, is this for a necklace? Or earrings. 
Or earring. Earring. <laughs> it's like half a teacup glued to a plate. Yeah. Yep. But it's tiny. Super tiny. Like the size of a silver dollar. Mm. It has a string. It has a string. It has a string. Okay. Oh. Is it a game? No. Is it too, like... <laughs> What's attached to this? Okay. Interesting. What's this? Uh, I have no idea. Have a a curtain looks like this. Yes. It's oh, it's a fan pole. Or a fan pole. Okay, this is from probably the 1940s. Okay. And that's exactly what it is. It's a oh, fan pole. It's a fan pole. Or a curtain pole. Wow. Cool. So I'm wow. really into antiques. And at one time I sought these out and found them in all different places. And they're all over my house in different places and hanging from the ceiling from the fans. Fan. Okay. And now they don't hang from these anymore because we got new blinds and now it's a little twist thing. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. I had to take them huh. out. So you said bring a small object. There that is. is a small object. Wow. It's very small. Okay. <laughs> How would we use this in music class? It's a little teacup. Do they come in lots of different shapes, I imagine? Oh, yes. And you can yeah. find them in um, animals. I have some that are dogs, um, ladies, baskets. It's pretty dense. So I'm thinking you, you could get a bunch of them and have them in a basket, and then that's your inspiration for coming up with a movement piece. Like if somebody gets the teacup, then you're you're having a tea party, or a dog, then you're, you know, dogs playing together or going for a walk or something. So that's my thought. Um, I have uh, one of my orchestras, they love just socializing, and... Um, so I'm always trying to figure out ways to have them do like little community builders where I'll be like, okay, now you get to talk and then it's over, right? So um, yeah, you could have these and then in a basket, I liked that. And then mm -hmm. you pick one and then you share like what it makes you think of. I'm thinking an Arioso activity too, oh. in a basket. So it could be something they sing about. Hmm. Like that you make up or, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, like things that they see and they could like chant qualities or things that they, uh, yeah, just what they see. Like a word chain? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I love word chains. Yeah. Word so, the freaking best. You said you collect, uh, this is, this is, you don't have a bunch of plate with cups. I have, I have several, but so, not that many. And I mean, each one of these is, if you find it in an antique store, it's going to cost you probably about $10, $15. But are they all wow. plates with cups kind of thing? Some or? of them are, but they're okay. not all the same. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All different types. Oh, I think if you had a whole selection of them and then similarly the whole movement, but like use your body to shape it such. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is a thing that I did not know existed until yeah. now. So I thank you yeah. <laughs> for expanding my world. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Right on. And then we have a round. Yes. We do. Now we get to sing. Round of the week. What's our round of the week? Well, I really liked that one. Here I sit and wait for you. Yes. Okay. Okay. I like that one, too. Cool. So before we get into this, I think we should tell the story about how this is this was <laughs> this was our very first. Why are we laughing so hard? Good, we know it's oh, OK, this was our very first introduction to ORF levels. Um, and so 
we are all sitting in the back of the room in two <laughs> rows of yes. chairs with pencils poised. Ready to learn with our pencils. Ready to learn right. and write down in our notebooks. <laughs> yes. And Dave Thaxton. Hi, Dave. Hey, Dave. Is barefoot uh, yeah. and crisscrossed in the center of the floor. <laughs> and he just looks at us and sings... Here I sit and wait for you neath the spreading branches. Cool the grass with shade and dew. Sunlight round me dances. Hi, Lily, hi, hi, low. Now my voice is ringing. Hi, Lily, hi, hi, low. Songs to you I'm singing. And we're just staring at him, and we're like, what do we do? <laughs> Who did? <laughs> Who did? <laughs> and he just holds up his hands and beckons, divides us into two. So, shall we? Yay. Yes. Two? Three? Two? Let's two, two. Two. Girls sure. against boys. Girls first. Here I sit and wait for you Neath the spreading branches Cool the grass with shade and dew Sunlight round me dances Hi, hi, hello Now my voice is ringing Hi, hi, hello Sunlight round me dances Hi, Lily, hi, hello now my voice is ringing. Hi, Lily, hi, Lily, hi, low. Songs to you I'm singing. Lovely. Yay. Yay. Hey. Awesome. Yay. Andrea. Yes, yeah. Is there a place where people can uh, message you via, via uh, social media and such? Twitter. Okay, let's see. Um, Instagram, I'm Andrea1. Yeah, you are. And everything is like usually has to do with my sport so it's kind of boring to follow every now and then i'll put music things on that but that's primarily for that and twitter i believe is andrea one yep andrea o-n-d-r-y-a uh-huh and then facebook is andrea.levitt there you go zoe uh, you can find me at Ms. Kumagai. You can find me at Finny Vapa on Twitter. You can find me at Mr. Keemer. You can find me at Mr. Seligman, M-R-S-E-L-E-G, M-R-S-E-L-I-G-M-A-N on either Twitter or Instagram. <laughs> Who did? <laughs> <laughs> also, you can find us at Chaotic Harmony at CH Classroom on either the Twitters or the Instas or the Facebooks. Thanks, guys. Yay. Yay. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> The Chaotic Harmony Podcast is a joint project between Crystal Pridmore, Jonathan Seligman, Zoe Kumagai, and Mark Kamer. You can find us online at chaoticharmonyclassroom.com. You can email us at chaoticharmonyclassroom at gmail and let us know what you think. Give us feedback about what you would like to hear in future episodes. We're on all the socials. Find us on facebook.com slash chaoticharmonyclassroom. You can find us on Twitter at chclassroom, Instagram at chaoticharmonyclassroom, and you can even find our episodes on YouTube. Chaotic Harmony is the name of our channel. Special thanks to Brian Pridmore for his help with production and equipment. www.pridmoria.com barely fit in my ears. <laughs>
I got really small ear. Easy beats you. Okay. <laughs> the itsy bitsy earbuds. It's like in my face. Hola. Do not fit in your ears. <laughs>